just got off of work and I'm ready to talk about GCW. Um, first, though, I, I have news in, in case anybody's been hiding under a rock or Scott oh. Hall, Kevin Nash. What am I? I was thinking of the duo. Yeah, Scott Hall passed away. And, uh, this was this was big. I I don't know how I feel about this. He's one of the most influential wrestlers of today. A, a lot of people have been influenced by him and his work as Razor Ramon and the NWO. Uh, how'd you feel about this? It was a big loss in the community, you know, Scott Hall was a big wrestling mind, very respected throughout the business, and you could see it in the outpouring of support that he got. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, it was, it was real sad how he died and everything. I will think of him when I see a ladder match. Yeah, him versus Michaels, that was an iconic ladder match that still kind of the gold standard today yeah and everybody everybody talks about Shawn michaels role in that but very rarely do you hear people mention uh scott hall's role and he he was just just not he was maybe sometimes better in that match than michaels was to me yeah Um, definitely but yeah that was hard hitting and then i i find out today that um Cody Rhodes signed with WWE. I, I consider that a loss. Uh, yeah, that's a big loss. I mean, if you want to consider on the gain side of it, they finally signed FTR versus the Briscoes for Supercard of Honor. So, you know, for everything we kind of lose on the independent scene or the non-WWE scene, we seem to gain something else. That's very true. It's a good point. Um, well, uh, should we get into GCW Astronaut? Yeah, this was a big show. This was, this was very big. Um, we started off with, I, I, I think I've seen him before with AR Fox, uh, with Ava versus Nick Wayne. Yeah, AR Fox, big on the independent scene, especially in the Northeast up here. I've seen him wrestle plenty of times very athletic competitor and i thought a very good matchup for nick wayne in this match yeah it was great i was very impressed with fox um uh i was very impressed with both wrestlers naturally but this this was maybe my first i i think i've seen him before like i said but i can't be sure i can't pull it up in my mind (laughs) but uh, a couple other ecw shows not many though Okay. Um, great match. Yeah, uh, very athletic back and forth. Fox was the hometown hero since he's a trainer in that area. Yeah, and uh, Fox hit that 450 splash on the Wayne and got the win in it. Yeah, I was um, very surprised by Fox getting the win because Wayne seems to be on a tear since he signed with AEW. But, you know, given I, that they were in Atlanta, they really kind of played to the hometown crowd. And, I mean, the crowd loved it. So that's really all that matters, I think. Yeah, it is. I, I was surprised at Wayne losing as well. 
and the booking of that, but I, I can understand it. Um, then we, we saw a video of Gringo Loco uh, type, talking about his match with Ninja Mac, and that was the next match was Gringo Loco versus Ninja Mac. Um, I thought it was an excellent match as expected from these two and from what I've uh, come to uh, like about both of them. Yeah, the video promo played off of Ninja Mac jumping off the balcony at the Ukrainian Center in L.A. So that kind of, you know, set expectations high because Gringo Loco is also a very athletic luchador who's not afraid to get a little wild in the ring. So when he said he's got the crazy bone in him as well, that kind of set expectations high and it was a high energy athletic match you know ninja mac surprisingly showing off some mat wrestling which i was surprised to see but stylistically it was a great matchup yes and uh well what got me the highlight of it was gringo uh loco doing the double jump spanish fly off the top that was just amazing to me that was wow, wild. I mean, they introduced weapons into this match, and Gringo Loco won with a sit-out power bomb off the top rope through a door in 11 minutes and 27 seconds. So these guys really kind of showed why they're both two of the go-to guys in GCW. Yeah, and and I I'm I'm seeing that as my my uh, journey through GCW goes on that there they are some key players in GCW and rightly so uh, next we had Matt Cardona versus uh, Mike Jackson Action Jackson um, I thought the fans were great in this uh, yeah the crowd was hot I would say through the whole event but whenever Cardona comes out he really ignites the heat and it helps that he had action Mike Jackson in the babyface spot. Mike Jackson, 72 years old. Cardinal I was going to mention that. So he's double his age. But Mike Jackson, you would, knowing his age, you'd be surprised what he pulls off in the ring. Like when he walked the ropes going around the whole ring, he did a dive through the ropes. He was. I mean, let's start at the beginning. Cardona asks Jackson to lay down, kind of picking on him as an old man. Yeah. Jackson does lay down, and when Cardona goes for the pin, Jackson expertly reverses it into a uh, pin himself and kind of sets the pace for this match. Yeah, he did. At first, I was like, this, what, this guy's 72 years old. I'm not going to like this, is what I told myself. I'm not going to like this. And for some reason... Jackson got me. I mean, the, like you said, the maneuvers he pulls off and his his wrestling knowledge, you can tell, is just, just as old as he is. Yeah, and it almost brings to mind somebody like a George South or a Jimmy Boogie Woogie Man Valiant where oh, older yes. gentlemen that can still Crazy. go in the ring. And Jackson has been on a GCW show before. I believe he was on the Wombat shows they did maybe a year and a half ago. Action Mike Jackson, I believe he's made appearances on Impact. 
if you're not familiar with him, you're not going to expect a lot. But yeah, you can speak to how pleasantly surprised you were by his output. Yeah, I, I was, and um, uh, it ended with with three boots in the bro the broski boots. What do they call it now? The boots. Um, but sure uh, what they've changed the name to? But yeah, everybody would be familiar with it by the broski boot. Yeah, he gave three of them to Mike Jackson, generating the right amount of heat for doing so. <laughs> and uh, after after the win, Cordona gets back on the mic. He directs comments towards uh, Chris Dickinson, who comes out. Matt tells him to, basically to bring it on. Then he then he uh, runs out of the ring, please. Uh, and Jacks. Jackson uh, stopped Cardona. He forced him to get back in the ring. And Dickinson gets ready to do what's called a Pazuzu bomb, which I'm not familiar with. Um, Matt Jackson and... and, Or Matt, sorry. (laughs) Wrong promotion. Matt Cardona. And uh, he escapes and, and, and runs away again. Yeah, uh, it did a good like Cardona won the match in six minutes and forty five seconds, and really, you know, did a good job of putting, not putting Cardona over, but getting more heat on him, and yeah. setting up that match and that return for Dickinson, who he hasn't been wrestling in all these cities that GCW has been in, and he mentions it that he might not have ever wrestled in Atlanta. But at least he's getting in front of the crowd, getting some physicality, and keeping that spring break match in mind. Yeah, that, that was that was a good build to that to that match, a good uh, selling point to it. But next we had uh, Tony Deppen versus ACH, and ACH is new to me, so I didn't uh, know what to expect out of him. Oh, ACH is amazing. I've seen him. He had a good run in Ring of Honor. He had a short run in NXT as Jordan Miles. And what I liked about this match is they're kind of two evenly matched competitors. So it was going to be a very good match stylistically in ring. And, you know, it's almost kind of like the old versus the new ROH because ACH was probably in ROH like two, three years ago. Right, Maybe three to four, and Tony Deppin had most recently been their TV champ. So, this was a good matchup. It was. It, I mean, it started off with just great chain wrestling between the two. Um, ACH was he, he? Yeah, he he definitely had a different style to me. Um, and uh, Deppin, he looked great in this match. Yeah, I mean, Deppin got the win in 13-23. Deppin is kind of a GCW favorite, so... I mean, you could think that ACH might have been able to steal the win, but more often than not, Tony Deppin's going to come out on top. Right, as he did. And uh, next, uh, we had uh, Alex Colon, like a a video promo uh, by him. Yeah, because he had just recently been over in England and he picked up another championship. And they're kind of building to the big spring break match of 
Alex Cologne versus John Wayne Murdoch in a death match. So, I mean, really, this show did a good job. It was a good standalone show, but a lot of the matches were advancing Spring Break storylines. Uh, yeah, I, I noticed that, that they were really setting up for that. Uh, but next, we had the six way scramble. It was Jimmy Lloyd versus Jordan Oliver versus Zenshi versus Cole Rod- Radrick versus Manders versus Alex Cologne. Yeah, and this was yeah. notable because Alex Cologne just recently came back from England from winning that second title. And I mean, the six way scrambles are always exciting, as you've seen. And I, you couldn't have had a better group, like, especially Zenshi. If you're not familiar with him, he is a high flying luchador, I believe, out of Chile. And this guy is amazing. The things he can he, do in the ring. He was he was incredible in this match. Uh, yeah, he I, had a wild moonsault out of the ring at one point. I mean. Oliver had a crazy moonsault out of that cage that was kind of in front of the stage. So there were a lot of people pulling off a lot of wild moves in this. Yeah, and uh, eventually it was a, a Spanish fly by Cologne onto Zenshi through a door uh, with Manders on it. And uh, he got the win on that one. Yeah, which Next. led to that post-match promo where, you know, calling out John Wayne Murdoch and really setting up for that spring break match. Yeah, it was. Um, next, we had a WWA Four Showcase Tag Team bout. I knew nothing about any of these guys, but it was uh, Caveron Canyon and Bobby Flacco. Versus Ash Bennett and Rico Gonzalez. Uh, it was it was a decent match. I, I wasn't too impressed by it, uh, either of these teams, though. Yeah, this was a showcase match for AR Fox's school, which is in Atlanta, and it was a good enough match. It was short, thankfully, three minutes and forty nine seconds. Janela interrupted, and the match was thrown out. Janela kind of took out all the guys in the match, lit a cigarette, did a Bronco Buster, and then kind of jumped into a very similar post-match promo that he cut at the last event, just wanting his respect now, talking about how GCW wouldn't be where it is if it weren't for him, and just further setting up a spring break match. It was good to see Janela out here, but... I wish we could have done it in a better way than this kind of wrestling school showcase match. Yeah, um, I did. I did enjoy his promo, though. How uh, he said, "You know, I, I don't want to kill you. I have to kill you." Oh yeah, and... yeah. The promo was great. It was like how they got to it. I think that bugged me because, like, I wasn't crazy about this match. It was good enough. Yeah. But these guys looked a little green. It almost looked like they were playing to the crowd a little more than worrying about what was going on in the ring. And tonally, it didn't necessarily fit everything else on this show. Yeah, it it looked to me like something you would expect out of a wrestling school. 
one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but next we had a, a match that I I was glad to hear on the card was Jordan Grace versus Ali Catch. Um, it was a very good match. It kept my attention the whole time. I, I like both of these women. Uh, this is one of the better matches I've seen out of Allie. Very much so. What I liked about this is a lot of the times, like when we talked about the AEW face of the revolution ladder match, we talked about a big boy battle. Yeah. And I think sometimes with women's wrestling, it's maybe not PC or maybe not acceptable to think of it as a big girl battle, but I, I understand that. Yeah. And Ali Catch are both thick, very athletic, beautiful women that, yes, you know, evenly matched in the ring. If you just want to go by their overall look and personality, you would say they're they're not interchangeable, but they're almost like similar. And I was very excited for this for the stylistic matchup it was giving us. It was great, and it ended with a Heat Seeker-style pile driver by Alley Catch. Cheap for the win. Um, yeah, she yeah, won I, it in 10 minutes and 12 seconds, all times, according to cagematch.net. And, yeah, I thought it was a really good back and forth in this match. Was um, It was one of my top three of the night. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I can't say enough good things about it, and I, I was... My excitement for it, it matched the outcome, and that was great. But the next match we have is GCW Extreme Championship match, Effie versus AJ Gray, which um, I was surprised that they made this matchup, being that they're in kind of the same faction as I'm gathering. Yeah, Effie and Alley Catch, I've... I watch a lot of GCW and I don't want to discount them as members of the second gear crew, but I almost look at them as like auxiliary members. Okay. You know, maybe not full on, full on members, but they are friendly with and they do team with second gear crew. And these guys went at each other. Like one interesting thing I noticed was Effie caught him early with what looked like a sleeper hold with his leg in the corner. Almost yeah. if you think about like an octopus hold through the ropes, which was done yeah. moments after this. That that was a great thing. The only criticism I have, and I caught this, is AJ Gray did a DDT on the floor and it completely did not connect by about seven inches or so. Yeah, and the good thing was Kevin Gill was quick to note that on commentary. Having done commentary and sometimes you'll call something that you see didn't land and you have to do it in the right way because you don't want to discount or downplay what happened in front of you. Right. But you also can't call it in the wrong way. You know, you got to be genuine to what you see, but you you also got to be honest about it. Right. Um, the, the the sad part is AJ uh, is that um, Effie sold it, and I, I I don't know if that was just automatic to him or whatever. But that's my only criticism. Um, they uh they they did great. 
Um, uh, except for, I, I don't know, uh, there was, there was a, Effie did like a soup, suplex, kind of looked like a botch dunk on AJ's head. And I don't know if that was on purpose or if it was accidental, but it looked brutal. Ooh, that's a good question. I'll have to go back and check that out. Yeah. Just, just notice it. He does, he does like the suplex and, or into, I don't know if it was supposed to be a brain buster or something, but greatest slamming on his head looked nasty. And I'm glad he's all right from it. But um, in the end, it was a really hard lariat to Effie, who sold that beautifully uh, by Gray for the win. Yeah, and AJ Gray got that win in nine minutes and 30 seconds. And. You know, kind of continuing his road to Moxley at spring break. Yeah, definitely. I, I liked the fact that he kissed uh, Effie in the end. <laughs> yeah, you know, showing that unity with him and showing that no matter even that they went to war, they are still members of the same faction. And yeah. this match, very interesting video package with Blake Christian kind of talking about the lead up to this match and this is a match that would have been awesome in the Hammerstein ballroom but I think it means almost just as much being in Atlanta where I believe Jonathan Gresham is based out of so I mean this match it would have been great in the Hammerstein but it was amazing here this once again was one of my top three of the night uh it was an excellent excellent match everything you'd expect to come out of this matchup uh there's there's fall the finish uh false finish after false finish it was an amazing just i don't know an amazing performance um yeah technically i mean they did the mat wrestling back and forth it was great in-ring chemistry i mean if i had to choose i might give this my match of the night and it was interesting because Gresham won by referee stoppage, which is almost yeah. something I'd expect to see in his Terminus promotion over GCW. I thought it was a great, great finish to the match. And uh, uh, Gresham sold that just beautifully too. He, he, he looked like he damn near passed out at that point. Uh, but, uh, Blake uh, got on the mic. He gives an emotion, a real emotional promo about the all heart and what that means, which I appreciated because Blake is new to me, and uh, I, I, I'm a mark for him. You know, he's he's amazing. Yeah, very much connecting with his audience, and I mean, I think like 99% of people out there can, you know relate in somehow to the mental health struggles that he talks about even if right. you're not to the degree that he talks about we can all take something from it and you know it did a lot more to connect with the audience especially coming off that wwe run like i i thought it was a huge promo yeah it it, it was it was excellently executed uh for lack of better words Next week, we had the, the main event, the GCW Tag Team Championship. Uh, was it a death match? 
it, it was, felt uh, like a deathmatch tag team match and it was in a tough spot because arguably you know gresham bleeding beating christian in 24 10 that could have felt like the main event of the night but anytime you have Matt Tremont and Nick Gage in a GCW ring, that's almost going to take that main event spot. And you had them going up against Matthew Justice and a returning Mance Warner. So, Mance Warner, he's new to me, isn't he? He might be new to you, but if anybody followed GCW over the past couple of years or even MLW before that, You'll know Mance Warner is not afraid to get in a death match. And this guy is a character in the ring. I, I was impressed by him. It was an excellent match, just like I expected. Uh, I just I loved the violence in this match. Yeah, uh, I mean, you pick your spot. J- Matthew Justice jumping off the apron through a chair. The light tube duel between Mance Warner and Nick Gage. Nick uh, Gage and Mance Warner sitting in the chairs, trading blows back and forth. This was this was 16 minutes and 34 seconds of wildness going back and forth. Yeah, and uh, Justice like eventually covered Tremont Gage. Uh, Tremont. Uh, Covered Warner for the pin, and then the ref counted to three, and they both thought they won the bout. Yeah, there was a double pin, and you know they gave the impression that Justice and Warner had won the titles, but it was since it was a double pin, it was up to the ref's discretion, and he ruled it a draw. And a championship does not change hands on a draw. And this is a first for GCW, but it led to the post-match promo where Tremont set it up as a three-way match between the Briscoes, Justice and Warner, and Tremont and Gage for the tag team titles. I assume this is going to be a spring break. I believe that, yeah, I think they said it was. Yeah, it's going to be a spring break. He did say that. I remember that. And I mean... If there's any way you can up the violence and craziness on this match, that would be one way to do it. Definitely would. Um, well, it's coming to that time to where we mention our wrestler of the of the night or wrestler of the week for GCW. Uh, it was hard for me to decide on this there was there was so many great matches in it but eventually i ended up with gringo loco gringo loco is not a bad choice you know going into the world on lucho which is one of the big collective events you know gringo is gonna bound he's gonna be bound to pick up some w's and he's an amazing talent so he deserves it but I'm going to go a little different with my wrestler of the week. And I've got to give it to Action Mike Jackson. Like, if you're not familiar with this guy, search him out. He does way more in the ring than he should for 72. And, you know, even if he's not on a long match on your card, he is going to be an impressive match on your card. And overall, if I had to give this show a rating... 
I'm gonna give it three chair shots because it was really good. There was nothing like objectively bad about the show, but it felt like the show was mostly there to set up spring break, which isn't bad. You've got to advance the story somehow in wrestling, but it might have just taken a little off the show to me. Well, I I'm not too far behind you on that. I I, I gave it three and a half chair shots. Um, some things about this this uh, show just did not grab me uh, like the shows in the past. Uh, there, there was there, there was enough good matches to keep my interest, but the others I could have done without. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, I just wanted to mention something before we we go. Um, we ha- we have a listener who has listened to every single one of our shows together. Oh, wow. And her, her name's Jen, and just a shout out to her. She doesn't even watch wrestling. She says, I don't need to watch wrestling. I listen to you guys. That is quite the compliment because, you know, we do this for the fans. And, you know, if you're somebody that listens to every show, that's amazing. And especially if you're not a wrestling fan, because you're almost, you know, you're almost trusting our opinion on what we're seeing for your entertainment. So that feels good. Yeah, it does. I I was I was taken aback when she told me that and uh shows we're doing something right. So yeah, that's how uh, you catch on with the people, one person at a time. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Yeah, definitely. And and like us and rate us and uh even subscribe to us. Yeah, every and- subscription, like and review that we get on podcast major podcast platforms just makes our podcast viewable to more people and that's all we're trying to do is just get the word out about pro wrestling here definitely well joe it's been a pleasure that was Uh, another great show i can't wait to you know cover the next dynamite and then we got another gcw show coming up in like I think a week or so and I, think it's, too- I thought it was 12 days but i'm not sure i know it's on a thursday because that's weird for gcw but they're hitting the roxy on the sunset strip in los angeles and then we are well on our way to the collective in dallas and that's going to be right around april 1st so we got you know we got a lot more coverage coming to you and you know, we've hit a snag these past couple weeks that slowed us down on production, but we plan on catching up soon enough. Schedules and, you know, sometimes life gets in the way and it makes it tough to stay on these podcast schedules like we'd like. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I'd love to be here, you know, accurately on time, you know, just like, just like some of the other podcasts. It just it simply life happens, like Joe said, but... We love and appreciate you all, and we will see you talking dynamite next time. Yeah, we'll bring it to you soon. It's good talking to you, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Good night, everybody.